Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Daily Objective. As you can see, I'm not in my usual uh, environment. It's not that I'm hiding in a bunker in case uh, Trump wins and some of my fellow Californians decide to have a bit of an animated uh, opposite of celebration in response. But actually, it's because my computer is being serviced uh, feet away from here. So there you go. There's a nice little introductory uh, sharing of my personal life with you. Before we get to politics, because remember, people first. Um, you know, it's been an interesting 12 hours or so for me. I, I got to tell you, ever go to sleep and like when you wake up, like the world is vastly different than when you went to sleep. When I went to sleep, not only was Trump uh, the basically the presumed winner, not only that, but democracy itself worked. According to what I saw on Twitter, the election process is basically trustworthy. I, I, yeah, you know, the Electoral College is a bit funky. Maybe some people wanted to rethink that. But more or less, everyone basically said, yeah, voting matters and let's go. Yeah, Trump got the votes. Trump is winning. Elections work. Eat it, libs. Ha ha. And then when I wake up today, incidentally, uh, Biden is, from what I've seen, more likely to become president. But also elections themselves just don't even count anymore because it's all rigged, according to what I've seen on social media. So how interesting is that? Not only is uh, the presumed winner uh, the, the other person, but the actual validity of elections in America as such, apparently the, the trustworthiness of them has completely gone 180 degrees in the time that I've been asleep. So the world is vastly different. Here to discuss this further is a man who his people, quote unquote, People from the country in which he was born, if we can believe his birth certificate, if we can believe he was born there, and if we can believe history that ancient Greece was actually in Greece, if we can believe all of that, we can possibly conceive that they invented democracy. So we better hear them out on this. Nikos Sotirakopoulos. Thank you very much, Raka. So I have an unorthodox reading of uh, the election, which is the following one. I think Trump has the golden opportunity to save his legacy and also save Trumpism for the Republican Party. So in a way, yesterday was a big victory for his legacy. Why? Because he almost won an unwinnable election. And for a second time, he went against all the pollsters, the, let's say, the, the opinion-making mechanism of the American society. So the first conclusion is that a lot of uh, a lot of textbooks on political science need to be rewritten after this election. But here's why I think that Trump has a good uh, way to save face. So as we've seen, the line today is that the elections were rigged, and this was there's this there are many things that I don't think that they can stand to logical let's say scrutiny. But uh, Trump and his crew are making a lot of noise about them. So, for example, this opposed 138 votes in Michigan that appeared out of the blue. And uh, there was zero for Trump and all of these were for Biden. But here's why, why I think that Trump in a way is like, Ro like Stallone in the Rocky Balboa 2006 movie. If you remember that, he goes to the fights. Everyone thinks that he he's not going to stand a single round. And when the fight is over, he doesn't even wait to hear the results. Like, look, the mere fact that I finish the fight and I finish strong says everything you want to know about me, and he leaves. Now, why I'm saying that if I'm a Machiavellian Republican, this is a, today there should be very, very happy. 
because they can part ways with Trump without a lot of hard feelings. So they say, look, you've, yeah, you did your best. This was a heroic battle. This was like the battle of Thermopylae of politics, but you're a bit too old. You go home, everyone is happy. Then the Democrats find themselves with a ticking bomb in their hands and they created this ticking bomb. And this ticking bomb is A, an approach to COVID and the lockdowns that's gonna cause serious troubles in the economy. Number two, even if COVID was not around, their economic agenda, and remember that their basis is heavily, heavily reliant on this agenda. So for example, the green energy agenda is gonna cause serious problems in the economy, even if COVID was not here. So we found ourselves with a President Biden in a Senate that is not controlled by himself. And in two years, we have midterm elections where what's going to be the narrative by the Republicans? Re redemption, because in two years ago, they stole the elections from us. So that's why I think this is a good way for, let's say, Trumpism to survive and Trump to go home. So Republicans see this. They say, look, we've also had a better penetration in specific minority groups. Therefore, if you're a Machiavellian Republican, last night was a good night and it's, it's a good opportunity to, to th see things from a different perspective, but also to invite the opponent in a trap that is very difficult then to, to climb out from. Interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess, uh, so this doesn't necessarily need to be like this end of an era, like, uh, or it's like the end of the movie, but then there, the sequel is when, you know, Ben Shapiro and Ted Cruz and the other sellouts decided, okay, let's double down on this and really, really bring back this, uh, this type of, uh, Republicanism to the next election. So, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's possible. Here's here's what I've realized about Trump. And by the way, this whole uh, the the the, the one hundred fourteen thousand votes for Biden mysteriously popped up in Michigan. It was a stupid thing to screenshot and get excited about. Anytime numbers are reported, whether you're dealing with book royalties or election votes or whatever it is, you can always jump in in the middle and grab a screenshot and say, oh, my God, these numbers are fake. Whenever numbers are being reported, especially digitally, there's going to be moments where it looks odd. And this was um, like a miss. A, and there was an extra zero in one of the reports and they had to, you know, and they had from one of the counties and they had to correct it. It was already corrected. But of course, it's confirmation bias galore for the conspiracy minded people, which brings me to the main thing I've realized, you know. In objectivism, we talk about induction, how you need to learn something inductively from observation from your own experience to really really understand it and therefore really believe it i would say in using that language loosely to really know something rather maybe is a better way to say it. you learn it inductively and for years i've heard people call trump the conspiracy pr theory president and i knew why they were saying it and i agreed with it but it didn't seem that important until really the last few hours or so i, I it just finally clicked i think it was this Michigan votes thing that you mentioned and seeing even Ben Shapiro sort of um, instead of being the voice of reason, the voice of prudence that he has traditionally been him, just him and his uh, uh, employee slash coworker, Matt Walsh getting ret retweeted by Trump, just throwing in 
their um, their hat to this conspiracy ring or adding flames uh, fuel to the fire, I should say. I realize like Trump is the conspiracy theory president. And when you trace back his um, you trace back his phenomenon, I think you could basically trace his base his excited audience, his excited supporters back to like Alex Jones, you know, like uh, the whole 9-11 conspiracy, anti-war, everything's a conspiracy type of people. You sort of, you can kind of see that type of audience. Uh, they're, they're not quite leftist and they're not, they're definitely not into like neoconservatism. They're sort of, um, they're sort of on this sort of, quote, alternative right, but they're also into conspiracies and stuff, which, in my mind, removes them from discourse, removes them from the table of rational players. And I know when I say that, people think I'm being elitist and that I'm uh, stifling uh, discussion and debate. I'm just telling you what I've realized. When people are into conspiracies, we can no longer deal with them. And this is exactly what we've seen in the last few hours or the last 12 hours, eight hours, however long this is, the, the, the ties have turned in favor of Biden, which is exactly what you would expect when there's so much enthusiasm about early voting on the Democrat side. And on the Republican side, you had Trump saying early voting cannot be trusted. Go vote in person. And also Trump fans are more likely to not be scared of COVID. So all these uh, votes in the mail are being counted and, and the tides have turned in Biden's favor. And what do you hear from the Republicans? Oh, well, elections are rigged anyway. Okay, fine. If that's what you believe, that's what you believe. So in terms of what's next, I don't know if populism is here to stay. I don't know what exactly Republicans are going to do next. But there's something about Trump that was always sort of unsustainable because conspiracy theories, conspiracy theorists are not rational players. And um, I'm sort of gloating. I'm sort of laughing at Ben Shapiro and I'm laughing at Ted Cruz and I'm saying, have fun. Have fun with the friends you've made, you sellout mother effers. Have fun. Yeah, Ben, have fun. Congratulations on hiring Candace Owens. Yeah, that's going to be fun hearing her talk about how COVID is a hoax on your network. Well, you know, it, it, yeah, no, yeah, no, she never, not, yeah, she come, on, say come that. on, come on, come on. Let's be what? just, come she, on. Never, she never oh said that God. COVID is a hoax, come on. But of course she did. What do you mean she never said that? She thinks she thinks vaccinations are a hoax. She what? said that COVID. She said that we overestimated. Anyway, let's not have a. No, she said I'm going. People watching. I'm going out in public. I'm the masks are BS. She said uh, she had go back. Go. It's all the, the 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 paper trail is there. The receipts are there. Go back. Look at her Twitter when this all first started. See what she was saying. So yeah, Ben Shapiro, have fun with your new friends you've made. Have fun. Where are you going to go? Someone replied to my tweet yesterday. It was it was very nice. He said, "Now that Trump, uh, now that Shapiro has turned the Daily Wire into Breitbart, where's he going to go next?" Absolutely right. Where's he going to go from here? So yeah, Ted Cruz. By the way, looking forward to Ted Cruz's next uh, campaign. How he's going to try to explain all of this how he went from being the Tea Party guy reading Atlas Shrugged on the Senate floor to becoming uh, the populist, anti-capitalist, regulate big tech piece of trash that he became. Good luck. I'm looking forward to hearing you explain this one, Ted. All of you, all Republicans, good luck explaining this in the future. I have fun with the, with the environment you've crafted for yourself. But yes, I've realized Trump is the conspiracy theory president. A lot of his enthusiasm comes from the Alex Jones audience. 
which in turn is sort of the Joe Rogan audience. Joe Rogan was one of the early people I saw giving, um, uh, t- taking Alex Jones seriously and, and collaborating with him and interviewing him, going on his show and vice versa. And I, I couldn't believe that any mainstream entertainer, any mainstream public figure could, could sit in the same room as Alex Jones at that time, uh, the, the, the 9-11 conspiracy theorist, that anyone could give Alex Jones the time of day and be taken seriously. Flash forward to 2016 or 2017, and the New York Times has, has Joe Rogan standing in front of a bush, and it says, you know, the intellectual dark web. Anyone who puts Joe Rogan and intellectual dark web in the same sentence is an absolute ho- uh, hoax, an absolute laughing stock. Anyway, I'll stop with my rant. Uh, back to you, the, uh, the voice, the, the apologist for QAnon in objectivism, the man, the myth. Let's hear how you're coping with all of this. Yeah, well, I'm not coping well because I'm sleep deprived. It was interesting because I went to sleep something like 11 o'clock Eastern time. So 4 a.m. UK time. I wake up three hours later. It was a completely different, completely different story. So I went to bed with Trump being president. I woke up with with Biden. So here's the thing, though. Again, the fact what's there's a nice saying in a book. It says the fact that you're paranoid doesn't mean that they're after you. So, for example, how does Twitter handle with the Michigan thing? It hides it. So now more fuel to, to the Trump train saying, you see, now we're now it's even more official that there's big, uh, there's big conspiracy. So what I'm saying here is that... It's not official, the, though. It's not official, though. Smart people like me knew this should be taken with a grain of salt and let's be patient and see what this is about. So like, there's, more, there's more to politics than excitable, crazy people. So who's the Machiavellian? When you're giving so much credibility to uh, every little conspiracy theory that pops up. Yeah, the people at Twitter whose job it is to make sure misinformation is not getting out there. And of course, they have a leftist bias, as, so, as does the, the world we live in. Um, they, they, uh, they put a, a disclaimer on this ridiculous uh, overstatement of, of the voter fraud possibility in Michigan. Good. All right. I mean, uh, so what if people got worked up? These, these, okay. This is what I'm saying. This conspiracy minded public, they're not rational actors. So if they're now that their president is probably losing, I don't know if this thing has legs. I don't know if, I don't know. I mean, pardon this very, very grotesque analogy, but I don't know if the third Reich can survive without Hitler. You know, when someone is like the face, when someone is like the spiritual uh, leader of this, ridiculous uh crack fueled movement i don't know if the, if, it, if it can live on without its figurehead sorry to interrupt don't worry so yeah anyway so we, but the thing is we've heard so many lies about trump from the side let's say of from the other side so again if i were a trump supporter today it's very easy to see the world as being after you so I think there's there's zero there's zero question about that. So that's the one thing. And this brings me to the other thing which is what should the Republicans rem- uh, what, what should they keep from the Trump phenomenon? I think there are a couple of things. The one is they should keep the idea that we need to connect with parts of the population that are thinking that are completely that no one talks about them. But the the way they do this is not via economic nationalism and is not by the Trump's, let's say, populist agenda. But the fact that he managed to, he managed to see, for example, that, you know what, 
it's so he the fact that he fought in a way the good parts of the culture war that had to be fought is something that the republicans should keep and again try to imagine in the position of trump someone with the same let's say fervor but with not these ideas because what gave him this boost towards the election was not so much the ideas was the persona was the fact that he went to so many to so many places so this is something that give, should give some lessons because again keep in mind that this was not supposed to happen if you have against you most of the media the education establishment hollywood most of the celebrities you're not supposed to even make it a close election so i think there's and again this is my political science hat that has nothing to do with an objectivist analysis but right. for someone who is interested and curious in politics what happened with trump yesterday was even bigger and an even bigger surprise than 2016 so the, the question is how do we make how do we take these lessons and how do we apply them to our let's say activism to our approach to politics and is there something that we can learn from what happened yesterday that's what i'm interested in as someone who sees himself as an activist or as a communicator or or whatever something big happened yesterday so the thing is can we keep some good parts of it or can we learn something which by the way it's the same thing i've been telling to objectivists with jordan peterson you can disagree you can criticize him really bad is there anything to learn here is there anything to think mm, is there something that i could take and in a different context create something good out of it yeah look i mean i think uh let's say trump did lose and uh so maybe the day he leaves office or maybe sometime before then we can have a full episode on what was good about trump and obviously it would be a very easy episode for you since you're such a fan i'm joking <laughs> mostly but for me it would be quite an interesting uh presentation because i i've become so anti trump that it, it'll be it'll be really rich for me to explore okay but here is what's good and i think a lot of people who who voted for Trump obviously a lot of people we respect voted for Trump as the lesser of two evils and i perfectly understand that um i think i perfectly understand that but i think a lot of average people around the country voted for Trump because of the way he sort of um kind of speaks like a like the everyman you know like some new yorker who's just kind of like what is this what's going on here like like common sense so to speak which is uh not the type way that a politician normally sort sort of kisses up to the to the voters. Um so I'm not I'm not saying everyone who voted for Trump is a conspiracy nut, but I'm saying that's where a lot of his enthusiasm initially comes from and he rides that train. He really riles up that part of people and he uh he he exploits people's uncertainty. Now, uh how should how should we as students of objectivism see the merits of Trump? Let me tell you this. Um there's a saying that says a broken clock is right twice a day, right? You know that cliche? And I think that in objectivism, I I I I I'm reluctant to speak for objectivism, but I think objectivism rejects that. A, a, a broken clock is not right twice a day, right? Because the method is what matters. It's how we arrived at certain knowledge. So, uh better to be wrong using a good epistemology and make an error than to accept a, an actual fact on faith. So um 
the fact that Trump is Trump means whatever kind of good he's done is not really to be celebrated that much. I'm glad that maybe the era of neoconservatism sort of ended, was ended decisively by him. The era of Republicans saying, let's send a bunch of troops into the Middle East. Um, I'm glad that seems to be over, hopefully. Um, but sadly, it was, it was brought about by somebody who, his audience, the, the Tim Pools of the world, the Alex Joneses of the world, their main problem with, uh, with the foreign policy of America is that it kills you know, that it kills people in those countries. Not that Americans primarily are the ones being sacrificed and being sent out there with a suicidal mission and a suicidal uh, policy, a suicidal uh, rules of, of engagement. That's not the main thing. The main, the main problem with our foreign policy is that the, the foreigners are being bombed. So Yeah, by the way, that's a problem also. There's nothing to... That's a big problem if people who would otherwise not be dead and they're not a threat to your country so for me there's it's a big problem that serbians for example were and kosovars were killed when there was zero threat to the united states so i wouldn't dismiss this argument i get what you're saying and objectives okay get what you're saying, i mean yes i but, I, yeah. I look i mean uh just i mean my my my, my, my primitive american brain gets confused when you say, say things like kosovo all right don't confuse me but um no of course anytime a, a drone uh kills a child of course that's no cause for celebration of course that's a horrible tragedy what i'm saying is when you look at this anti-war energy behind Trump and that it's coming from people who love to bring up that type of killing, but you rarely hear anyone talk about how Americans are being sent into battle with their hands tied behind their back. And Ted Cruz, the one politician who used to speak in those terms, uh, of course, completely sold his soul. Um, let's, uh, you know, let's take with a grain of salt anything positive said about Trump. Uh, but there is a lot left to be seen about kind of what will come of this. Maybe, uh, maybe there'll be some maturity that'll be gained from all of this. Maybe a lot of the sort of, uh, the black exiters, the gay exiters, people who left the Democrat party, maybe they're ready to hear about, you know, the free market. Maybe they're ready to hear about capitalism and individualism. Maybe that type of thing will have a sort of, uh, emergence on the right. Who knows? Nothing would surprise me in this world anymore. But um, I, I got a lot off my chest today. I yelled at you a little bit. And that's what civil discourse is all about. Don't worry, I'm way too low energy today to, to fight back. But <laughs> uh, just one clarification. I didn't mean, obviously, that, oh, let's take what's good from Trump. What I'm saying is his campaign shows that there's something open in the political field. Right? That's, for me, that's fascinating. For me, that's exciting. It's, it's an open field, and it's an open field that someone tried to fill with almost nothing except from the bombastic personality and the things that you mentioned. So when I see this, I see mm, there's some space there and we could do stuff there, obviously within the scale and within, uh, with, within the context, but we live in interesting times. I know the Chinese proverb says that's uh, if you want to wish bad to someone, wish them that they live in interesting times, but we do live in interesting times. Anyway, Absolutely. We, we and I know we're out of time, but, uh, le but, but let me override that for a moment and just say, <laughs> um, look, bad times are, all, are happening and bad times are ahead. I don't mean to like be gloating like, oh, now everything's going to be great. No, now we're back to where we were before Trump, which is a nightmare. Um, 
But anytime I criticize Trump, the primary response from fellow liberty-minded people is, well, he's, he's, he's a check on the left. He's pushing, he's rejecting the left. And I'll say, okay, well, the good thing about Trump probably losing is he's a check on this populist, conspiracy-minded, uh, anti-trade um, orgy that Ben Shapiro and Ted Cruz have, have joined in recent years. Like, he's a check on that. So let me enjoy the look on Ben Shapiro's face. Just like when Trump won, uh, we, all, we enjoyed the look on Hillary's face. Now let's enjoy the look on Ben Shapiro's face as he tries to figure out how he can save it. Um, and, and, I, and I just, you know, one last thing that comes to mind is Obama was the original like anti-establishment outsider, you know? It was supposed to be Hillary Clinton's turn to win. You know, we had Clinton Bush, then Clinton, a recognizable name, recognizable face. She, it was her turn. The Democrats were meant for her to be it. And this guy who no one ever heard of, he's, he is, what is this guy? He, he's, he's disturbing the color pattern. A bunch of white faces, suddenly a black guy. Has, we, we got a bunch of presidents named George, William, Jefferson, and Herbert. Suddenly we've got a guy named Barack Hussein. Hussein? His name rhymes with Osama and he's president? This guy was as anti-establishment as it gets. He was one of the first, I think, to use social media successfully in politics. And then he won, and it was supposed to be a new era. And within a year, people who voted for Obama were saying, oh, he's just a puppet. He's just a puppet. So you see the types of people who, uh, who think they're smashing the, the mainstream, that they think the, the mainstream machine is all one big conspiracy, but they're going to overturn the Illuminati. Those say, when, when things don't change the way they thought it would, then they say, okay, it's just more Illuminati. It's just more conspiracy. Um, so that's, that's kind of my final thought. I don't know how to wrap it up any differently than that take us yeah if you'd like. anyway it's a <laughs> there's not much more to say because there's still things to let's see if it's let's see if it's trump uh, accepts defeat if it goes to court who knows biden is supposedly gonna talk in a while anyway maybe this episode within a week is not gonna make sense maybe we make a couple of clips in this episode and in two years time we bring them up because we're like look how clever we were by the way i mostly lean towards the second scenario but until then, all the best to our viewers. Thank you for being with us. If you like our content, like, share, like us on YouTube, and we're going to be back with more interesting stuff. Thank you very much. Have a good day or night.